you're looking at, you know, becoming... Hence why psychologists, so, I guess, exactly. would be that it comes down to stop that. you from getting to that abusive level. Yeah, yeah. It comes back to so seeing this psychologist to ground yourself, become, make you more rational. But then again, like I said, it comes back to why do we talk? Why are you seeing a psychologist? Okay? Are you being honest when you go to the psychologist? Is the psychologist good enough that they're actually processing those thoughts in your head? Are they doing you a favor and diving in nice and deep that they're peeling back those layers to the point where, where your anxiety and your thoughts and your mind, the ruminating thoughts in your mind, stop ruminating, stop, no longer exist, which is where you want to get to, okay? The whole idea of talking, the whole idea of are you okay, Dave, the whole idea of, you know, seeing a psychologist, everything that we do and everything that we say to people with anxiety and depression about going out and talking to someone, the number one reason that we need to understand, the number one reason why I do this is because we need to find a way to process the thoughts in our head, deal with them, acknowledge them, deal with them, label them or whatever you want to do, uh, stamp them, uh, you know, address how they're going to make you feel, address how they made you feel, address how you're going to let them, let it continue to make you feel. And you really need to put those to bed, really. You need to really just say, okay, I've talked about that. It might not be one session. It might not be one visit. You know, it might be three or four or five, several visits to get to the point where you can turn around and say, you know what, I'm so glad I spoke about that because I feel so much lighter. It's gone. I don't, I don't think about it anymore. You know what I mean? It's not just talking for the sake of talking. Then what happens is you go to that next thought on your list, like the list that I have. You go down that list and what you're doing is one by one uh, creating this data dump out of your mind, creating this uh, you know, space in your head one by one by dealing with each thought as it comes. And you know, we all have thoughts. You, Vanessa, Leo, we've probably got 10, 15, 20 repeated, repeated thoughts from a long time back that just keep circulating and mm -hmm. keep floating in our minds. And what are we doing with those? You know what I mean? And that's what the important yeah. thing is. And we need to know that in 2020, all right, in 2019, 2020, you know, if you speak to people and you say to them, oh, how's your mind going? How's your head? You know, how busy are you? Everyone has the same answer. And the answer is always, oh my God, don't even get me started. I can't even stop my head. Okay, I can't even stop my mind. Because we are so fast paced at the moment. We are so intense with everything that we do. Social media, and I get the irony of what I'm doing here. Social media in my face. Okay, uh, you know, from a young age, having laptops, iPhones, everything thrown at you, having, not only are we having to digest normal everyday thoughts in our head, such as just, you know, getting around, going to work, coming home, um, colours and, and, and images and all this sort of stuff that our brain and our mind sort of subconsciously does, not only are we doing all that, we're now saying, okay, here's all the thoughts from the past in your head, here's all the normal everyday thoughts that you're going to have to deal with just to get up, get dressed, go to work and come home. But at the same time, here's an iPhone, here's a laptop, here's everything else. Here's, here's the world on a platter for you. Go cram that into your head too. And it's no wonder that we're creating this community of absolute anxiousness because our minds can't process quick enough. Um, I'm not sure maybe who the, might be able to answer this, but maybe Liam Yukoi. In regards to, I mean, there's HSC students at the moment. Yeah. 
and they're either in the process or nearly finished but I remember it's such a it's a lot of pressure and stress and anxiety and some unfortunately you know goes to that self-destructive level it's not just exam anxiety mm -hmm. there's more to you know their ill health as a result of it you worked with youths and adolescents yeah. how what is your advice to those that are possibly right now feeling like they're above their head in water and they just don't know how to get themselves out of it because it's such a tender yeah. age that's a tricky one because like when i was working or when i started working um in this i was part of that group i was that young um so kind of couldn't see the forest for the trees so to speak and it's taken me a long time since like i work with in that school environment and it's filtered down to younger and younger um groups i think the key for them is Probably the worst thing a couple of, not actually the best thing I can say, but just don't listen, because what what schools are doing and what education is doing now is it's pumping this message that you have to do, you have to do your best in primary school a very particular way, to do your best in high school a very particular way, so that you can go to university a very particular way and get it's it's just a different version of the same industrial model of you're getting into a career, mm -hmm. and I think that's the thing is that it's what I've taken a long time to get to a lot of my friends didn't get there, haven't got there, won't ever get there. Um, but those that have, it's learn to live with the idea that there's no sunk cost fallacy. It's whatever time you put in is not wasted. And that at the end of the day, it all will work out. It's not worth, it's not worth the cost of your health, your friend's health, your family's health, and the, that impact. It's not worth it. And teachers know it and kind of they're berated to follow the party line, which says, pump and pump and pump and push and push and push and you have to get that very specific ATAR mark um, coming out of HSC yeah. and realistically that means nothing. I famously have never looked at my ATAR mark. Mm. It was a letter that was sent to me, it sits in my drawer still, uh, sealed, never looked at it and um, will never look at it. I don't know why it's still there, I just haven't cleaned out probably. Um, I can tell you what I got for HSC. See, you you know, I, oh. <laughs> I, I don't. It's quite I, a stressful time, especially if there's pressure from parents to, yeah. you know, to somewhat almost make them feel that they your self-worthiness comes out of this mark as well. Uh, there's of so course. much associated yeah. with yeah. it. Um, so, I mean, now, yeah, looking back, I see, oh, God, there's so many ways to get to where you want to be. That mark is only one option. Yeah. The most successful people I know are not the ones that were definitely the top grades. Well, there's been prime ministers that left in year 10. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and there's, there's definitely yeah. now, but hindsight is always easier, but for someone in that moment, and we're sort of, I think this is a good time to help yeah. them. I think, like, for me in the moment, I've, I kind of skirted some of this I was in a I was in a very very good school academically um, where that sort of culture was above and beyond anything that I've ever seen before and since and I know some people who were taking stimulants to and not illegal stimulants but um, like ADHD sort of stimulants to keep them going pushing them through and stuff like that and that was scary and uh, looking back I know that a lot of them had anxiety and depression but no one ever talked about it because that wasn't that wasn't fitting into the timetable. You were not going to get marked on it, so don't bother talking about it. I skirted around it by having a very supportive family who let me do what I want. 
but I also kind of my goal wasn't to get the best possible mark but to have to know that after tomorrow after the exams are finished to have an interesting life um, my goal like I did a BA majoring in philosophy that's where I started and I think in a way it's not so much lower your expectations like keep your expectations high always strive for your very best but rather than push into something that comes through a mark something that is as mm. funneled in find another way to get to that extreme height that you want to get to um, whether it is law whether it is being a doctor whether it is being a teacher or an architect or working in film or working in government or whatever it is it's university is not the way or not the only way through and those marks realistically don't mean anything it's the connections you make with people yeah. and every, everyone in high school hears that um, I think the main thing is just to remember to yeah just remember that you're human I think that's what got me through was just remembering I'm human and at the end of the day that's what counted yeah. the marks no one cares and I guess if it's developed to a point now where it's risking their personal health um, is it worth then seeing psychologists at this point yeah. can I jump in yeah you can add if you want and jump in now uh, just quickly on yeah. that like I ended up seeing the school therapist for for other reasons but she was swamped and to the point where she was breaking down because she was getting so many students coming in with the exact same thing that she just didn't have the tools for because that the school wasn't paying for the school didn't have the finances, the school didn't have the infrastructure, didn't have the support necessary to help her, help the students, and it was never going to, going to do it because at, at that stage it wasn't impacting the, the results, which impacts the budget they were getting. Uh, for me, it always comes back to, to the same thing, and you touched on it about the psychologist, kids seeing a psychologist. Whether it's exams, whether it's work, it really doesn't matter, okay? This sort of approach that I would suggest can work at any level with any child up to adult, regardless of whether it's study for HSC or just show up to work. Now, the problem is when it comes to children, it's very, it is a lot more sensitive, okay, because they're a bit more, a child tends to be a bit more, uh, I suppose, unpredictable with, with, you know, with their approach and unpredictable with their response to what you might say to them. You know, with an adult, you, you sort of may know which way it may go. And if it's not, not working, you can always have another chat and catch up. And you know, as an adult, it's a bit easier to make that communication sometimes than with a child. Uh, but in saying that, uh, I think, it, for instance, as a school, let's use the HSC example. I would say to a kid who's going to do their HSC, who is stressing, and rightly so, okay, because there's a lot of pressure, as you've touched on, there's a lot of pressure put on children to get that mark, okay? And uh, let me tell you, I never got anywhere near a high mark, all right? But no pressure was ever put on me to get that. If I got it, I got it. If I didn't, I didn't. Now, uh, so there is that pressure. And there, let's not forget, and we touched on this last week, there are two types of anxiety, yeah. okay? Now, if you've got a bit of stress and a bit of pressure on you because of a HSC exam, that's normal. Okay, that's normal anxiety. That's normal everyday approach to anxiety. That's normal. Sure. Now, if that pressure has pushed you over the edge that you're then, I suppose, in severe anxiety, depression, self-harm, uh, not, you know, I suppose, 
no longer looking after yourself physically and mentally, your health is deteriorating, then that's no longer normal anxiety. That's then going over to this chronic field. So the unfortunate thing is for a lot of kids is we don't really know because no one really comes out and says, but you could get, you do get kids out there who, like my coat hanger incident, is already on that edge, okay? And all it takes is for this upcoming HSC to tip them, yeah. okay? Now, what I would suggest is one, yes, definitely a psychologist, definitely still talk, regardless of whether there's a HSC on or not. It's always good to do that because I feel that if they still get, and this is if they're coming off the rails a bit, okay? And usually kids don't, would, that stress comes early before the HSC. It's not something that they're just going to get the night before. Once they hear the word HSC coming up, then that anxiety starts to grow. I get that. Mm. Now, I would suggest one, yes, see a psychologist early. If you see it early, see a psychologist early. Because one, what you'll do is not only are you processing these thoughts and helping this person work through these thoughts in their head, but you're giving them a fighting chance at a good result. Okay? Because you're clearing their head and by clearing their head, they're going to be more rational, they're going to think a lot clearer, they're going to be a lot more relaxed, and they're going to be able to hit this HSC a lot more head-on, and hopefully get a better result than they would had they not gone. Okay, so it's important to give them that, a child, that opportunity to succeed and do the best they can. And I get it, there are other avenues now, there's TAFE and whatever else, and there's online courses, and HSC, and uni is not the be-all and end-all, I get that. But, you still want to be able to give a child the highest possible grade they can get, then they can work down if they need, all right? You don't really want to say to a child, look, just go in there and get whatever, and then bust your gut to try and make a living. You know what I mean? Like, you, you still want them to go, oh, my personal opinion would be aim for there and then come down to what you've got to come down to. Not aim for there and then work hard to go up, okay? Because you're already at school. You've already put in 10 years. Why blow all that, okay? So... My suggestion would be one, definitely yes, see a psychologist if you have to, or speak, or talk. Um, but two, also teach that child or teach the individual to rationalise, put things in perspective, you know, I mean, like put, get them to understand, like you said, maybe that, look, try your best, but if it doesn't work, maybe show them there and then, look, did you know, Here, go online, whatever, and say, do you know that you can also do this, this, and this if you don't get that mark? Because that might relax them a bit. Because mm. they might not even know what else is out there for them. So I would physically show them. I would sit with them and say, what do you want to be when you grow up? Okay, now did you know you can do this, this, and this, and this to get to that? And that might just relax them a bit. And you would tell them, look, I would still go hard and still study and still do your best. But just know it's not the end of the world. Um, and prioritise. You know, If they do have a lot of stuff on as a kid, if they might be playing sport, they might have a grand final coming up. They might have, uh, I don't know, there might be particular events in their life coming up uh, that makes them hard to focus. Teach them to prioritise. Mm. And, you know, say, okay, look, you've got a list of these things, that's fine, but what's your priority at the moment? Okay, my priority is this HSC, HSC exam. Okay, and if you're a parent as well, I'll be, as a parent, I'd be saying, look, your priority is this HSC, that's fine. These other points that you've mentioned, I'll give you permission not to worry about those. Okay, I'm telling you, I don't care what happens with these at the moment. The HSC is your priority and go kill it and go do your best. At the end of it, whatever the result is, it is. I support you. I love you. It doesn't matter. Then we'll come down this list and we'll go to it and we'll work through it. It's very important that I think these kids have that network and support of that one-on-one -on -one tutoring almost of how to get through things. I think to say to a child, 
look, you know what, just do this, this, and this, suck it up. I don't think a child has that mental capacity yet uh, to go out and do that. And even as a child, even we're talking 16, 17, 18 year olds, okay, it's not necessarily just seven, eight, nine, 10, 12 year olds, you know. I, I really think as adults, we have a, we, there is a, you know, a bigger responsibility, there should be a bigger responsibility on us to, I suppose, spoon feed to a certain point if we have to. We can't keep expecting and accept, like expecting that kids just have this built-in understanding and knowledge of anxiety and depression and the stresses in life and their responsibilities because we're adults and we're doing the kids should. You know, there's a lot going on like I spoke about before. There's phones, there's, there's all this. The world now is designed to give you things yesterday. And a child has been brought up into this world where everything is expected to be delivered yesterday. Everything is expected to be on a platter there and then. That I don't even think themselves they understand how to even deliver that and live to that expectation. Mm. It's too much for a kid, you know. Yeah. In the old days, things were a lot more slow paced. We had a lot more time to think. We had a lot more time to stand there and, and go through the things in our head, even as a child, you know, not and and not just as an adult, but even as a child, things were slower. You know, if you delivered, if you went online and ordered something, you expected to wait six weeks. You know, now you go online, you order something, bang, bang, knock on the door two hours later. If it's not delivered the same day, something's wrong. And your mind's always on the go. Okay, I've just ordered it. Yep, bang, here it is. Oh my God, I'm excited. And there's never reflection time anymore. You know, there's never a time to sit back and properly digest and reflect thoughts. And this is how this build-up that I talk about and this data dump that's needed, this is how this is is happening. You know, so as a child, I would honestly say, Yes, see a psychologist. Yes, prioritize. Yes, put things in perspective. But when we say this to them, I would suggest we do it with them. We physically do it with them. We get the pen and paper out ourselves. We write it down. And more importantly, we say to them, look, I love you. I trust you. I give you permission as your parent, as an adult, to forget about everything else in your life at the moment and just deal with what you've got to deal with because they need to hear that, you know, yeah. because they're so freaked out and scared of expectations and what's expected of them that, you know, I, I don't think they know as a child how to deal with that situation. I'd say that everything you've just said is universal. Like, none of that is specific to a child. No, that's right. 100% it's not. 